good morning, everybody. Um, for us, it looks like the bow season for elk is officially over as of last night. Um, that's just the, the technical bow season. We didn't we didn't fill our, our final tag last night, but it was um, unfortunately it was time to get back to work for some reason. You can't just uh, disappear for a month when you have your own business and, and people just accept that. <laughs> so we've, uh, we've come back and, and uh, we've got lots of work to do. So, so we're going to get on, on doing that work and getting things sorted out and, and carry on from there. Um, so I wasn't, uh, I, I had done two other podcasts, but for whatever reason, they never loaded up on the uh, the pod beam here, and I, I don't think it was their fault. I, there, there was a bit of a glitch in my computer. I think Apple did an update, and then everything went south. So um, we're going to start from square one, which is which is pretty good anyway. So the the last uh, the last podcast we did was I kind of left it with my my wife and I had had gone out. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna do a a series of these podcasts here on, um, um, I, I think that the main focus of these podcasts here is going to be, um, um, it, it is going to be around involving hunting, but I think that there's, there's more of a, um, a sort of a healthy, um, type lifestyle aspect into this so um what i'm what i'm trying to do here is is i want to um i want to be able to put together um the importance of of our eating habits the importance of our activity level our frame of mind um, and I think in some cases how we can be um, a real benefit to, to people when we're, you know, when we're doing certain things. So in, in this aspect here, what, what we've done here is, is we have, um, we've taken a team environment and then I also have reference to working solo. Um, but I think as 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 transplant patients and or patients who have or people, let's say, transplant people, um, you know, even even the living donor that I that I uh, was fortunate enough to speak with, um, there's a there's that you know that different aspect that 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 I talk about about how we've kind of you know faced uh, challenges. Same with. Anybody who's been really, really close to calling it a day permanently, um, or or traumatic experiences, whatever. Some, you know, I, I think more than some. I, I think a lot of people take that and, and they use that as a benefit, and they, they really thrive and they really strive to to create more out of out of their life. And I, I think I think that's that's a real positive thing. Um, there, you know, some people it, it knocks down, and 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 maybe some of those people that it knocks down in this aspect here, we can, 
you know, we can reach out to them and, and, and really, you know, try and help them out and, and, and get things moving forward. So, um, so that's, you know what, that's, that's what I'm going to be concentrating on. And, and, um, you, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows I'm, I'm pretty long winded. So I'll, I'll try and keep these directed to the point, but I'm not going to make any promises. We couldn't end up talking about the Smurfs when, you know, when we were younger as kids and Gargamel and everything else, you know, how, how that show went and everything like that. It, you know, in fact, like I can remember having the, the, the little toys when I was a kid, like way back when, and then I would mix those with my GI Joe toys. And, um, I think at one point I had the tank and they had that aircraft carrier, that GI Joe aircraft carrier. I had, um, I had this real cool doom buggy too. It actually had shocks on it for GI Joe. And then I had, uh, um, the helicopter, the helicopter was real cool. Cause it had like a little winch on the side and i think even the little rockets would fire out of it It was like spring loaded and you and these these rockets would fire out of it those were pretty cool toys um and then what i would do is is i would get my lego in there too and gi joe was always protecting the the smurfs like some alien race or whatever and and uh you know they were being i don't know victimized or whatever i don't know what i was thinking because i was like you know knee high to a piss hand at the time and uh i can yeah i can remember briefly that playing with that that uh you know on the <laughs> on the floor or whatever and coming up with all these or you get into your bedroom and you get all this stuff set up and then your parents would come in they'd be like okay hey, you gotta clean this mess up and you're like what mess this is like a battlefield how about you take yourself out of my battlefield and then there won't be a mess, right? Well, just don't come in here. <laughs> Did anybody ever say that to their parents? Well, just don't bother me. Like, you don't need to come in here. And uh, and then there won't be a problem. And then the fireworks would go off. I'm, you know, back in my day, my, my parents didn't go for that. <laughs> anyway, see how quickly I, you got me off topic there? So, um, when... I made a conscious decision to go back to jiu-jitsu quite some time ago and that started a a um a new ball rolling now um i don't know that i would you know what i would i would for for a transplant patient or whatever i know that there is um you know i know because we're immune suppressed that there's some, you know, there's some issues with that close contact and everything like that. But, but I will say this about it. I, I do believe that once you get to a certain point with your team and off the hop, you have to be, you know, a little more, I'm just going to say firm for lack of a better term. Um, you know, you ask, like you get a new person in there and you ask them, Hey, are you sick? Are any of your family members sick? Or have you been sick in the last couple of days? You know, well, yeah, I'm just kind of getting over cold. Okay, well, I can't roll with you then. Because if I get sick, I'm out for three or four weeks, right? And then the other thing, too, is, you know, you talk to your academy and say, hey, listen, you know, because jiu-jitsu is, it's, I don't know if it's the cheapest thing out there, but I, um, 
because I actually don't remember how much I paid to sign up. I know when my wife signed up, I, I didn't think it was a bad price at all, to be quite honest, considering you're on the mat minimum three times a week um, is your option, right? So, um, and one of the one of the ladies that, that we roll with, one of our jiu-jitsu women um, put on there that uh, you burn up to 1,200 $1, calories in a uh, in a 90-minute session. And uh, not only are you going to burn calories, but you're going to, your uh, your cardio increases quite a bit. It's a slow process, though, especially for the heart transplant, right? It's a slow process for us. And, you know, I, I think what helps me is, again, what helps me is, is, you know, I have that addictive behavior. And now it doesn't help, you know, like with, you know, if, if I was if I was drinking or whatever, it, it wouldn't help. Um, I mean, it, it, it took me forever to kind of look back and say, holy shit, I was a raging alcoholic, I think, when I was drinking. I'm pretty sure I was. I'm pretty sure I would classify in that. In that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I woke up one morning in the hospital and my doctor said to me, hey, listen, okay, no more drinking, no more smoking, no more this. I quit on the spot and, and I've never looked back. And, and, and that's fine. Um, and I think that there's people that... Um, you know, they, they enjoy a glass of wine and stuff like that during transplant or after transplant. I've never heard any, I've never heard any indifference on it. Like I, my, I don't think my transplant team has ever said to me, Hey, you're not allowed to drink any alcohol. I don't. That's my choice though. Um, and I, I had a liver scare too. So I, you know what? I just stay away from, I don't like it, blah, 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 whatever. But I think that, um, I think that one of the things that, we experienced during transplant is I, I think not only the challenge of getting to the transplant, but then the challenge afterwards of becoming healthy again. And, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure if it's just me or everybody experiences this or, or what. I, I think that there was a bit of a turning point when I came out of the hospital and I mean, I was told that there was a lot of things that I probably shouldn't do when I first got out of the hospital. I did them anyway. Um, I mean, I was, I was released. I think it was like 11 days after my transplant, I was released. And you couldn't, let, you couldn't get me out of the hospital quick enough. My only goal was to get out of that hospital. And... We left the hospital, we went for a drive, and we went for a walk around the mall. And I didn't wear a mask. The mall wasn't very busy. It was 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it was. And the first thing that I did was I went for a walk. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a good walk. And um, then, and it was at a mall. It was a good walk in a mall. Got back in the van. Uh, my wife drove me back to my Aunt Anne's place. I got back there. And I went to sleep in the chair. And, um, you know, got up later. That was going up and downstairs and, and, and all this other crazy, crazy thing. And I think what that did was that reignited the fire of, for me, okay, that reignited the fire of, okay, let's let's get this done. Now, Bring that into present day. 
So I've said several times, the reason I got back into jiu-jitsu was because of the challenge. I needed the challenge. I needed something to occupy my mind. I need something that I can dial in on and concentrate on. I have a wicked training team, um, an awesome professor. Um, again, we, we, follow, um, we follow primarily Stefan from Komodo Academy. Okay, so he's our, he's our go-to guy. And uh, um, he's, uh, he's a four-strike brown belt. He's amazing. Okay, and, uh, and we're going to have a podcast with him. Now that, um, now that we're back to, you know, probably, uh, well, hunt on the weekends. I mean, if, if we get a, a particular kind of day, we'll, um, you know, we might take the day off. You know, we might take the day off work or whatever. But, but um, really, all in all, in the end, um, what we're what our main goal here is is now to you know get back to to the other side of life now the one thing with bow hunting is um it's a lot like jiu-jitsu and i think the two correspond together except for the fact that with the bow hunting you're not dealing with the same amount of of um chest pressure leg pressure wrist pressure um exhaustion and all that sort of stuff like you are when when you're when you're rolling on the mat for obvious reasons but it's very very technical now especially when you get out to the wind and then you're talking about you're flinging this arrow um at an animal obviously you want it very very quick very very ethical um you know a a properly placed arrow and even in some cases if if an arrow does go a bit astray um is is uh it's it's not the goal so don't get me wrong it's but I, i'm not downplaying the fact that we want this we want this shot to be precise but um it is far less than a pack of wolves you know a, a grizzly bear or whatever uh, one of your apex predators taking an animal out because it's, it's it, anybody who's seen a video knows it's not quick and uh, i mean you know you you get in with um and i would argue that a properly placed arrow is is not only in some cases just as quick as as a bullet but uh far more um far less meat damage you know you you go three inches to the left or three inches to the right or whatever on let's say an elk or a deer or something like that and you're a little bit off with that arrow and you're using the proper arrowhead and you got a really good poundage on your bow that that arrow is still going to get in there and it's it's going to it's going to it's going to hit the spot and that animal's going to expire very very quickly um a guy I hunted with last year who I won't be hunting with again ever um he uh he he's not going to listen to this podcast so, so I'm not too worried about saying that or hurting his feelings but I would tell him that to his face but um you, you know it, he was not with his gun he was he he just wasn't his group just wasn't tight enough like he just just wasn't proper to me and what i find with this what i find with archery is it takes in my opinion and it's fine because it's my podcast it's my opinion uh, i practiced i practice all year i do take a couple months off i did take a couple months off or whatever i picked up my bow and i started noticing the better i got in some cases, the more issues I was having with shooting my bow. 
for instance, some of my accuracy went down and, and um, my grouping started to loosen up and, and all that sort of stuff. And then I would dial a couple things in and I would be, you know, inside a, a coffee cup lid at, at 60 yards. And now when you get out in the field, you have twigs and leaves and you have grass and uneven ground and, and you know, your, your wind, um, the excitement of dealing with an animal. I mean, you get into a screaming match with a, with a bull elk and your, uh, your hands are full. You know, you're, it's, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing experience. Um, Jeannie and I, uh, which I'm going to do a podcast on this hunt, but Jeannie and I dealt with um, a screaming bull the other night. Now, we, we couldn't close the deal, but regardless, it, it was a blast. So back to what, what my, my point here is, is, is I think that as, as trans, and I mean, you don't need to become a hunter to enjoy archery. And I think as a transplant patient, one of the one of the amazing things about this is that the fact that um, you can dial the poundage way down. You don't need to, but you can dial that poundage down in order to um, facilitate uh, uh, an, an easier drawback and 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 everything. The, the, the compound bow. There's also a recurve and a traditional bow. Um, there's you know there's lots of archery ranges um and you don't get the uh you don't get the feedback you do let's say if all of a sudden you say oh i i want to go out and buy a gun and i want to start to do long range shooting you know and 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 now depending on what circle you are if you're in my circle um you get nothing but high fives and yeah that's awesome and yeah you should do that and everything like that and um you know, I've taken people out who've never shot in a gun before. They now have their, their pals and they have their R pals and they've, you know, they've bought handguns and they're, you know, they have fun with their handguns and they have fun with their guns. And I'm not against gun hunting either because I'm going to take my gun out and I'm going to, I'm going to use it for hunting because, you know, again, a properly, now I practice with my gun, but a properly placed um, bullet is going to expire an ammo very, very quickly as well. But you can do it from 150, 200, 300 yards. A bow, you got to, you know, basically for me, I'm 50 and in. So I have to be within 50 yards of that animal with a clean shot in order to, you know, to seal the deal. And in order to be able to seal that deal and know that and have the confidence when you release that arrow, that that arrow is going to hit the mark, that involves practice. And that, that is one of the keys to this, to this conversation today is, is the practice and the dedication it takes to be able to um, put yourself out there and ethically drop an animal. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's an important aspect to me because I think for some of us, and there's, there's quite a few, there's quite a few transplant people that I'm following out there that, that that you know are are into these extracurricular activities they enjoy hunting they enjoy hiking and all that sort of thing and um i think this is where it's where it's key so let's take for instance let's take right now the covid and um i talked to my transplant team the other day i did have a an uh, an update but i'm not going to get into that I'll, I'll do a separate 
10 minute podcast on that but um we uh you know we we discussed i said to my transplant team again is there anything specific i need to to consider with doing the with this covid and here's what my team said to me my team at edmonton okay this is what they said when you're around a bunch of other people make sure they're wearing masks not not me make sure they are because um if you're sick you should put a mask on and i'm not just talking covid i'm talking all of them if you got the flu and you're going to go in public technically by rights you should put a mask on because otherwise you're just spreading the flu to everybody which can be just as dangerous as the is covid for a transplant patient which is, you know, I think is beyond a lot of people um, when they're all pissed off about this COVID thing and the social distancing and we say, well, welcome to our world, you know, well, this is different. No, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not different. And I'm not sure why. Anyway, whatever. I'm not getting into that COVID shit. Um, so one of the things is we, as transplant patients, we are dealing with a certain amount of um, uh, anxiety and depression issues. And there are, um, there are more than one instances where we have people who are, you know, oh my goodness, I got to get out of the house or, or um, hey, does anybody is anybody dealing with this or is anybody dealing with this issue? Is anybody dealing with this issue? And what's happening in this case here is you have people who, um, like, I don't know about anybody else, but I do not like being in one room for more than, for more than I, I necessarily have to be because of the fact that I was stuck in a room with Bivad for a month and a few days. Yeah. So, say like, I don't know, 33 days, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, that's, it's not part of the... So if you tell me that I have to stay in one particular spot for a long extended period of time and I'm not allowed to leave, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. And when I see this come up and I see these people getting upset, I see these people getting pissed off and everything else, well, let's let's put it on a transplant aspect here. And this ties into what, what I'm talking about. So I've been out in the bush for the most part for the last three weeks. And I've, I've gone into certain situations, let's say, I don't know, let's say four days out of that three weeks, for instance, where I've been around other people or I've been with other people or whatever. Okay. And unless otherwise ordered to, and if I had to go in a store, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go in a store that is forcing me to wear a mask. Okay, I'm just not gonna do it. And that's my personal thing, and and that's fine. And if you want to wear a mask all the time, all the power to you. I'm not judging you for for or not wearing a mask. But when I was out in the bush, elk and deer and mosquitoes, lots of mosquitoes. Not now, but there was lots of mosquitoes before. None of them have COVID. Now, if you, let's say that you have to drive an hour 
to get out and do a hike, okay? And you're either going to go by yourself or you're going to take your significant other. So if there's bears and stuff in the area, pick up a can of bear spray. If you're, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to be, um, to be an American, um, you know, you can, if you're going into bear or grizzly country or cougar country or whatever, you can grab a can of bear spray and then, and then take your sidearm with you. You know, it's nice and light. Um, for whatever reason, our politicians are allowed armed guards, but we're not allowed to take a, a handgun into the bush when we're bull hunting because it's, uh, uh, I don't know what the reasoning is for. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so when, when you're doing this, you're out there, you are now out of your house. Okay, so, well, I need to stop and get fuel. Okay, well, that's no different than any of the other times you stop to get fuel. And in fact, it seems to me that from what I understand, the flu virus lasts longer on, say, fuel nozzles and stuff like that than, than, the, um, than the COVID does. But what my team said to me was social distance. Okay, as a transplant patient, I don't know about any, anybody else, but we always social distance as a transplant patient. Um, use hand sanitizer. Again, as a transplant patient, we're always using hand sanitizer. And then have other people wear a mask when you're, you know, when you're around other people. Well, there's an easy way to avoid the mask issue. Don't be around other people or don't be around public people that you don't trust, right? That issue solved. Now, you get out of the house and you get out in the woods. You get out in the park. It's very easy to avoid people outside. I don't know what these people are coming up with the fact that you, you're in a park outside and you need to wear a mask. I, I don't know what that is. To me, that's all that is is fear mongering. And I think as transplant patients and other patients here, I think that we're, we're smart enough to know the difference between real actual, oh shit, this is a bad situation I'm in, or, well, yeah, there's, a lots, there's lots to be avoided here. I, I get it. You're in an elevator. I get it. Well, take the stairs. It's better for us anyways. Now, if you got to go up 100 flights, I don't know, send somebody else or pack a lunch. I, I, I don't know what to say in that, in that case there because we don't have buildings that big here. Um, there's a lot of stuff we can do over the internet too. I know every once in a while, you know, you have to go in the bank. You have to do this. You have to do that. I, I get that part. But, but for the most part, most of those things you don't have to worry about, I don't think, because I think you can either take care of it on the internet you take care of it somewhere else. So the other thing that happens here is, is when all of a sudden the government announces the fact that, hey, we're going to shut everything down to scare the shit out of everybody. If you're hunting, well, you don't need to worry about that if your freezer's full. You're also mentally better. Let's say you get out for a run. You go for a bike ride. You... Um, get out in the bush and you do this hiking you're mentally better now add jiu-jitsu to that i don't know of any other martial arts okay so i know i know um 0.001 about jiu-jitsu i know it's fun but as far as the knowledge aspect goes i don't know i don't really know anything yet i'm still i i only have one stripe and you know i, I mean there's there's a lot of different comments my, my daughter said to me she got a an upgrade on her belt she got a belt in uh kickboxing 
And she said, it's just a participation medal. I said, it's not a participation medal. First off, you're not sitting on the couch, right? You actually got up, you got out, and you started throwing, throwing hands and throwing feet, and you participated. There's so many people. I said, not only that, too, you did it for an you did it for an amount of time enough to earn that. And that's the same as that first stripe on that white belt. I may never get another stripe on that white belt. And the other thing I said to my daughter too was, I started jujitsu knowing full and well that I will never, ever make it to my black belt. And that, I'm all right with that. And I think that as, as transplant patients, and I think there's patients that have, that have faced the hardships of, of fighting for their life. I, I think that that's something we can comprehend and that's something that we can completely understand and, and something we can deal with. So when you get out and you're starting to hike and maybe you're doing some heavy hiking and you're doing some heavy bike riding or you start jujitsu or karate or, or whatever else, I don't know, judo. Um, what happens is, is, is you start to, you start to use a lot of energy. Okay. While using all this energy, Obviously, you've got to refill your energy. So what happens here is what I find, I start using all this energy. I can't stop and have fast food. Okay, that doesn't work for me. So what I run into in this case here is, is that um, I need to start eating better in order for myself when I wake up the next day to be able to perform because what does happen is if I'm not eating properly and I ran into this and hunting and I'm going to actually do a, I'm going to do a podcast on the actual effects of this. Um, I find that first, you know, you, you have a hard time keeping your energy. You have a hard time keeping your focus. You know, you're tiring out quick and everything like that. Now I think it's important that we, we fuel our bodies properly, but now you're going to start to lose some of that fat. Okay. And when you start to lose some of that fat, let's say that you are overweight. Chances are that there's quite a few transplant patients out there that are overweight. And that has to do with prednisone. It has to do with tack. It has to do with, um, um, you know, being tired and this, that, and everything else. I, I get it. I know that there's a lot of things out there, but when you are, when you find yourself something and you dedicate yourself to doing something that's active, ignoring some of the horse shit that's going on in the world, you know, by, I, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't want to sound political, but these, a lot of these politicians that are, that are claiming to be, and, and these medical people or whatever, they're like, I know the, the person that can't, I don't even think she's a doctor. And they knew, they just come out now that they knew about it in December, January, something like that. And they didn't bother pressing the panic button. You got a guy like Justin Trudeau leading the country telling everybody he knows what to do during COVID. He doesn't know. These politicians don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. But our transplant teams do. And your population density is going to tell you, you know, where and and when you need to be really concerned. You know, they got the lockdowns, you know, and maybe here's another thing too. Maybe you're dealing with the financial issues of, of this, of this um, supposed necessary lockdown. That's where hunting comes in. I, I know that hunting in some cases can be, can be expensive, but if it's something that you build up in when, when times are good and stuff like that, meat's expensive, but this is purely organic meat, ethically farmed, ethically, I mean, ethically killed, ethically butchered, ethically frozen. 
and ethically eaten, plus the reward of sitting down and eating something that you've actually taken from the wild is, is beyond belief. Because as a transplant patient as well, let's face it, there's a lot more work that goes into packing an elk out for a heart transplant patient than there is for a, an ordinary 46-year-old male. And I can see that in jiu-jitsu. You know, I literally get the comments from people in jiu-jitsu sometimes, you know, oh, well, you know, just give it a couple weeks, you'll be better. No, 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 this is pretty much the way it's going to be till the end of time because my vagus nerve isn't connected. They have no idea what we're talking about. And, you know, I'm not knocking anybody who has a stint or whatever, but having a stint and having a heart transplant are completely different ends of the scale. And I think this is something where we, where we understand. And I think when we understand something like that, um, you know, like uh, it, it really puts into perspective the amount of urgency we need to have in one situation or in another. So tying this in to what I was originally talking about, when we are dealing with hiking, when we are dealing with swimming, when we're dealing with our activities, something let's say as, as long range shooting, these are the things that I do. Uh, probably I would think playing the cello is the same, but I, you're not getting the activity level. What I'm talking about here is, is the activity level. So take hunting out of the picture of actually having to harvest something. If you're up, let's say you're hiking through the hills, um, somebody, there's a farmer, you might be able to get permission to go for a hunt through their bush. You're going to find that the wildlife has already made trails for you. Okay, so you can follow in on their trails and just walk along their trails. Don't do it during hunting season, obviously, because you're going to piss somebody off because they may have a deer stand or they may be tracking an animal or something. And all of a sudden they run into you in their hunting area. Um, you know, that can, you know, that can really ruin a guy's day. If he's only got a couple days out there, he might have his kid with them and they're trying to track this buck down and you're, and you're going through their, their hunting zone. So, I mean, there's, you know, that's where we start to, um, accept others for their decisions and the way they want to live their life. Which is another thing I think that, you know, racially speaking, as transplant patients, we have dealt with everybody. All religions or non-religion, uh, straight people, gay people, black people, white people, green people, everybody. Um, and everybody in between. It doesn't make any difference. I haven't met a transplant patient who's racist myself. Um, I've never met a transplant patient that, that, you know, who needed a heart that would say, well, oh, I can't take that heart. It's from a gay person. I mean, that would be the stupidest thing. I don't even know if your transplant team would even give you a heart after making a comment that stupid. So, and that's just, again, that's my personal opinion. I'm entitled to it and I'm going to stick with that. So, um, you know, we're, we're in a situation here where we, um, we, uh, you know, where we, we, I, I don't know. I, I almost want to say we're one up on everybody else because I think we have a true, true realization of, of what life's all about. And I think when we get out there and we do the things that we're passionate about and we dedicate ourselves to that, I think that drops in our anxiety, that drops our depression, and that really gives us some meaning in life. Because let's say that you go out for a hike, I don't know, and there's a big steep hill. It can be, I don't care if it's 30 feet high, 
that's it, or, or 10 feet high. And you have a hell of a time getting up that. Every time you go out there and you do that hill, or let's say you come back home and you're like, you know what? Um, I'm going to walk up and down the stairs. Or if you're like me and you're not afraid to go to the gym, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start working on the, the, the hill climber because I want to be able to do bigger hills than that. I really, really enjoyed being out there. I watched the sunset last night. I was out in the bush. I heard the birds singing. There were ducks flying over my head. Um, there was an elk bugling. And then I saw a, a cow moose with calves. And then the, the cow started and the, and the, the coyotes were howling. And, and all, this was stuff. Th- this all happened to me in one day. Okay. And it was, it was amazing. It was magnificent. Um, you know, I don't know how many coyotes I've seen. Um, I saw a couple coyotes out in the middle field, uh, horseplay, like playing, like actually out there horsing around. It was, it was amazing. Um, so you get into these things and all of a sudden, you know, I, I just think that the anxiety, depression and that sort of thing, I think starts to go to the wayside. But I also think too, that, um, you all, you also start to get way more energy. I think that the tack doesn't take as much of a hit on you. The um, prednisone doesn't. I'm on prednisone for life because I had sarcoid. I still have sarcoid or whatever I have. I don't know. I don't care. Um, so you know, I'm, uh, besides the fact you know I've always put the sunblock and everything. I think when we participate in activities like this. Um, I think it gives us drive. I think it keeps us healthy. I have no problem whatsoever. I always wanted to retire. I'm semi-retired now as far as I'm concerned. And I think I can do this job till I'm dead. Whenever that may be. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with working a few days a week. Um, you know, in my later years. Because uh, sometimes I'm working seven days a week and sometimes I'm lucky and I get some time off. And you add into the mix that my wife now is bow hunting with me and she's out there hunting with me, you know, and we're experiencing all these things together as a team. And, you know, our teamwork out there helped a lot. Um, she's excellent. She's great. Um, she puts the work in. Um, you know, I, I, I happened to do the last animal when it came to cleaning and bagging and everything. She helped with the bagging just because it was starting to get dark and we were there was a lot of bears around us and there was um you know coyotes and all that sort of stuff so so my wife was was a little antsy about that which is fine um and uh um we uh so i i you know dressed the animal and 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 then we we packed it out now my wife put a quarter on her back and took it out put it in the truck brought the truck closer and everything like that and then she came back in and we did it and then we did our last pack out together now that's my wife putting a, a quarter of a of a smaller cow elk on her back and carrying it out and how is she able to do that powerlifting jiu-jitsu um activity right same as me activity so i put half that half that elk on my back it's a smaller elk i get it but as a heart transplant patient you know I know people that haven't had a heart transplant patient, uh, haven't had a heart transplant or sickness or whatever else that can't do that. There's no way that they would make it because, you know, you're up and down, you're over logs and everything like that. There's no way that they would make it out of the bush with that quarter on their back. And I think as transplant patients, 
um, I think it proves a, a, a hell of a point that, that we can do something like that. Um, you know, I, I'm talking about somebody who gets out of bed, who wasn't able to get out of bed yesterday, walks down the stairs or walks down the hallway and let's say, I don't know, um, gets their own cup of water. Like that, that's an accomplishment in my opinion. And, you know, when you're sick, 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 and all of a sudden you start to come out of it, you know, and you're getting your life back and stuff like that, and you're doing all these things, yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. And I think that when we, I think if we put our heads into something, we dedicate ourselves into something, and we look at the long-term goal, the long-term goal is, yeah, there's going to be some pain and suffering to get there, but we are going to put ourselves into a situation where when the grandkids come over, we can play with them. Let's say that you're, you know, 18, 19 years old as a transplant patient. You're going to add, in my opinion, it may not be true, but this is just my opinion. And if not, you're going to have a better life anyway. If, if you can, I know that there's people out there that can't do this, but they may be able to do a little bit. There's also uh, men and women out there that run kilometers and kilometers and kilometers with a heart transplant. Well, guess what? I'm not, I'm not going to do that, right? I'm just not a runner. I can run across the field and I can hike and all that sort of stuff, but I, I don't enjoy running, so I don't do it. I enjoy hiking and, you know, I can burn just as many calories climbing up the side of a mountain as, as somebody can running, but I enjoy the hiking, right? So we put our minds into this and we're able to accomplish the fact that, or we're, we're able to accomplish three weeks of hunting. Now I had a nice trailer to sleep in. Um, Gene and I got a used trailer at the beginning of the season. And we, you know, we we hunted sometimes five hours sleep. You know, back out the next day. I had days 13, 14, 15,000 steps with a pack on my back up and down through bush, bugling, calling, carrying stuff, everything like that. And, and, and I did it. I was able to do that. I'm looking forward to jiu-jitsu tonight. Uh, my first my first time back in in like three weeks and uh, um, I just think that this has jiu-jitsu uh, my training um, true jitsu Komodo Academy Iron Nation um, big timber archer um, our our archery range out here all of these things have all and, and Mother Nature, you know, and, and God providing these animals, you know, I, I, like I said, I mainly eat wild meat. Um, have provided all these things in order for me to become, um, in my opinion, far more productive than I ever was before my transplant. The lesson learned when I had my transplant now has, in, in my opinion, has, has, has really put me to a point where, I, where I'm really showing how to I was showing how to enjoy life okay so the other thing that you know the other thing that I that I want to point out here is that um, um, we we are capable of of amazing amazing things and that starts with that first step okay um, you know maybe like I remember a guy who's on crutches because he's had his leg amputated um, he got transplanted a few days. Oh, he got transplanted when I was in CVICU. And he was up walking with his crutches. 
after his transplant. So you know what? The people are amazing. They're so strong. Um, you know, you have, you have so much inside you, so much power. And like when I, when I sink myself into archery and I sink myself into jiu-jitsu and I sink myself into the training to become better at jiu-jitsu, to become stronger, to get more longevity out of my muscles and, and to not use as much oxygen and all that sort of thing, then I really start to realize that, you know, everything works better. Um, and it's, that's, you know what, that's important. 46 years old, um, uh, six and a half, some odd years out of transplant. I just, you know, I had my six and a half year checkup. They, they, I just did it over the phone, which was fantastic. Uh, for the most part, I don't have any of that skin cancer stuff left on me. Um, and, and it's, I think it's clean eating, clean lifestyle and clean living. Um, you know, and, and, and my, my depression and my anxiety is completely at bay. And I contribute a lot of that to this. Because don't forget, too, you're not out there every day hunting. You're out there scouting. You're out there experiencing the amazing things that the bush has to offer. And take the hunting completely out of it. Just go out there and experience nature. Sit yourself down in a tree in the middle of a bush and wait 10 minutes. You'll have mouse running between your feet. The squirrels, the birds, the pheasants, the grouse, the deer that walk by, the big loud crunch when a moose and, and her two calves come walking through. You know, it's it's amazing, um, you know, to, to see all these things and be a part of all this. And, and there's no COVID out there. There's no flu out there. There's no sickness out there. There's nothing. All there is is, is clean living. You know, and if, if you're if you're religious, if you're faith, you're you're right where God or Jesus wants you to be, to really understand and appreciate life, which you already have a massive understanding for to begin with, because of the fact that you know what you uh, you received a transplant. So I'm gonna leave this podcast at that. That's that's gonna start off our next our next grouping um, of of podcasts, and. Uh, um, I really, you know, I just really want to stress to everybody that, that um, um, me getting back into jiu-jitsu really, really increased my enjoyability. I don't know if, the, is that a word? Uh, it should be enjoyment though. Sorry. My enjoyment of hunting, my enjoyment of training, my enjoyment of being out in the bush, I had way more energy. I had, um, in some in some cases, unlimited energy. I'd go and sleep, and I'd be up the next day. There's a couple of days where I, you know what, I had to catch up. I had to sleep or whatever. But you know, I think anybody has to do that. More importantly, though, not only the jujitsu, but the training after jujitsu. I'm stronger, not bulkier. I'm stronger. Um, my legs are healthier. I have way more oxygen capacity um, before the lactic acid starts to build up than I did before. I'm going to be a little bit out now. It's going to take me a couple weeks to get back into jiu-jitsu shape, but, well, I wasn't really in massive jiu-jitsu shape, but I mean back to where I was when I left. Um, 
and that'll be hard work. There'll be a lot of sweat, but I, I don't have any issue with that. So I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast and get out there and do it. You know, um, don't worry about, you know, what these people are saying. You know what to do. If you, if you need to put fuel in your vehicle or, or, or maybe you need a ride or, or borrow, borrow your neighbor's bicycle to, to go for a ride or whatever. If I know that, you know, during these times that, you know, people aren't at work or whatever else, maybe you can do a, an internet job or, or something like that to help, you know, to help yourself get through or, or, um, these trying times, we will beat these trying times at some point here. The, the switch is going to start to happen where we realize that, um, we need balance and, and that, you know, um, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. So have a great day, everybody. Um, I really, really appreciate everybody who's listening and, uh, I, I wish you nothing but the best, um, get out there, get active, get it in gear, one step, two step, three step. You know, the, the, the more you do, the better off you are. Um, even in small cases, you know, if you can get up and, and you can get 10 steps in and get up and get 10 steps in and then take a break, you've earned it. Okay. Um, do what you can do and, and, and live your life. And these, these, these are my accounts of life and, and, and how I enjoy living it. God bless you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.